Challenging men to be great men. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. Hey, before I dive into my topic today, let me make sure that you know that there is now an audiobook version of Mansfield's Book of Manly Men available pretty much wherever books are sold, certainly on Amazon. And also for you Bible readers, there is a version Bible plan based on Mansfield's Book of Manly Men. If you're not familiar with version, uh, you may need to know that it's perhaps the most popular Bible reading app in the world. Pretty amazing what that uh, that organization has, has done with the version, And there is now a Bible reading plan about two weeks long based on Mansfield's book of Manly Men. You want to get it. You want to use it. These are resources that we are creating to help you be a great man. Now, I want to talk to you about one of the most important principles I know about manhood. Uh, I've written a lot of books about men. I've written a lot of books about famous people, presidents and prime ministers and what have you, and people who are, you know, movers and shakers in history, so to speak, from Lincoln to Oprah Winfrey. And um, I, 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 I try to distill, even for myself, even if my book is not about the principles of success out of their life or, or how they achieved, I try to pay attention to those factors myself. And so, Based on what I've put into practice myself, based on what I've uh, seen in the lives of famous people that I've either written about or known, um, I have come to a conclusion that there's one thing, there's one thing all of them share. Now, there may be more, but this one thing seems to be the thing that is at the heart of their success. It's at the heart of who they are. It is what guides everything else that happens in their lives. And with this dramatic setup, you're probably (laughs) wondering desperately what it is. But basically, it's this. They make sure that they have a place and a time that functions as the control room of their lives. I'll explain this in a minute. Let me say it again. They make sure that they have a place and a time that functions as, that they use as the control room for their lives. Now, most people live their lives just at a crazy speed, just moving so fast they hardly ever take time to reflect or to think or to examine. But the ancients taught us that the unexamined life is not worth living. And so most people who achieve, most people who accomplish things, most people who are good people and are good at what they do, they live what you might call the examined life. They get where they're going intentionally because they've taken time to sit quietly, ponder their life and map out a strategy, plan where they're going, look at what's working and what's not. Okay, this doesn't mean there has to be a special room of your house. It doesn't mean that you've got to have something with all kinds of high tech gear. When I, I use the phrase the control room because it's the place it's it's really I fly a lot. So I think in airline uh, analogies, uh, but it's really the tower. It's really a air traffic control, ATC. Uh, it's really the place where things are relatively calm, but you get the broad view up there on the top 
of the tower that you see at airports, uh, those air traffic controllers can see the entire airport. Plus, they've got screens, radar telling them what's coming in that they can't see beyond, you know, physically beyond the clouds. They know exactly what's happening. They know where planes are. Uh, they know who's assigned to uh, to guide those planes. Um, because they're sitting in a calm control room watching what's going on. You need a control room of your life. It's not a physical room. It's a time. It's a place. It's somewhere where you sit quietly, perhaps with a trusted friend or a spouse, perhaps not. And you look at your life. Now, for some of you, this is first thing in the morning. For some of you, it's, you know, sitting in the back lot at work by yourself for lunch, eating your sandwich. For some of you, it's going to be late at night, you know, with a glass of wine on the back porch or whatever. Uh, for some of you, it, for some of you, it's going to be every few days. You, you know, go sit by the lake and fish just after work for a few hours. And that's how you do it. But I want to suggest strongly that every man who wants to be a good man, a noble man, a great man, he's got to live an examined life. He's got to set time aside. I think it has to be a little time at least every day, but even but at least larger portions of time at some point during the week, every few days. Look at your life. Look at every piece of your life, your relationship with your son, your relationship with your child, your relationship with your spouse, uh, how you're doing physically, how you're doing at work, how you, how's, your, how's your relationship with God, Whatever, whatever you meant to be about, whatever's in the field assigned to you for this season of your life, how you're taking care of that ailing in-law, how you're managing your money, how you're, how you're doing that remodeling project in the upstairs bathroom, whatever it is, the fact is that every man has to have a time, and I think there ought to be a place, but it, it, that can change, where they're examining their life. I'll tell you a little bit about mine. I sit quietly, usually in my office. I ha- in my home, I have an office. It's quiet. It's removed from the rest of the home. Um, and it's, it's purposely meant to be a place of thought and meditation, hunter green walls and, you know, overstuffed leather chairs, that kind of thing. Kind of a, kind of a man cave. I mean, it's not very big, but, uh, but it's just a man cave. It's quiet. It's peaceful. It's, I like it cool and a little dark. And I make sure that almost every day that I'm there, that I take time to reflect on my life. I sit quietly and I think about my life. Now, it's a little easier for me to do this because I'm a Christian, so I have a devotional life. When I get up in the morning, I read scripture and I pray, and I might be reading some other kind of literature that helps me with my spiritual life. So my day starts that way. That helps me a little bit, but I got to tell you that that's not the same thing as the time I'm talking about. I need uh, time for a manly review, so to speak, at another time in the day. So for me, it's better to do it late in the day. Normally, when I'm done with all my work for the day, before I go jo- join Bev for the evening with whatever we've got going, uh, I will take time to think through my day and run a little checklist in my mind. How am I doing with God? How am I doing in my moral life? Are there any uh, temptations of my soul or anything uh, pressing in, anything I'm feeling un- unduly drawn to? You, you know what I'm talking about. It can be anything from Oreos to crack to girls. Um, and then uh, am I, have I evidenced any kind of uh, anger, rage? Have I, you know, traffic, some, some minor traffic situation causing me to just flip out and go crazy on the road? You know, all that kind of stuff where you're taking moral inventory. But the main reason is not to find out things that are wrong in my heart. The main reason is to check on my life as a man. Am I living as a man? Uh, is my heart uh, in the condition of a man? 
Um, how am I dealing with that? What can I do better there? Let me make a list. Let me make a little note over here in the notes of my iPhone or my iPad. Um, you know, upgrade, call it the upgrade list for this week or whatever you want to call it. And I think about some things. You know, I haven't bought anything. I haven't, I haven't surprised Bev with a gift in a while. Or, you know, she just said last week that she was feeling kind of bored with such and such, or she, she really missed such and such. Can I make that connection happen? Can I help her? Or, or maybe something else. I'm just making things up now. These aren't really true of her. Let, let's say she's gained a lot of weight. Or let's say I hear bitterness in her soul. Or let's say I hear some disillusionment and depression in her voice. Um, so I, so I, I, I pay attention to her. I, look, I, I scan her, so to speak, in my mind. She's not even in the room. But I'm thinking about those things. How about my kids? How can I love them? How can I be with them? Um, am I being accountable to my band of brothers? How, anything, anything there I need to do? Any of my band of brothers need my input? It, it all can happen in a few minutes and can happen all internally without me moving my lips. But, but it's something I need to do. I need to sit in that control room and like those guys in the towers at the airports, look over the broad picture of my life and ask some important question. Most of the men I know who have crashed just went blitzing by what was obviously wrong, but they didn't see because they were moving too fast. Just moving too fast. And I'm not suggesting you slow down the pace of your entire life uh, because I mean, if that's necessary, I guess you'll know when you examine yourself. But I'm suggesting that you take some time where you sit still. Some guys I know sit in the dark. Some guys I know go late night walks after they've tucked everybody into bed in their house. Um, for me, by the way, when it's not in my office, it's also sometimes on an airplane. I tend to fly a lot and I tend to fly long distances. I do it a lot in the Middle East, uh, a lot overseas. Those flights, Lord have mercy, they, there can be four flights in a row and some of them are eight hours long. I'm talking about just one of the four flights to get to Iraq where I work with the Kurds uh, can be eight hours long. Others are in the two or three hour range. So when I sit on those airplanes with my Bose headphones on and not knowing anybody on the plane, um, I sit there and I take notes and I think about my life and I look out at the clouds and I, I'm literally looking out the window of an airplane at a beautiful view of stars or the clouds and have kind of a big picture there. And it helps me imagine the big picture of my life. Do it wherever and however you need to do it, but do it. What is the control room of your life? A man needs to be deliberate. He needs to be thoughtful. He needs to be in a place where he can get the big picture. If your wife or your spouse or a good friend helps you with that, if fishing with your father and talking things through helps you with that, great. If that's what does it for you. For some guys, it's in the sauna after they you know play a, play a pickup game of basketball for a few hours. Or for some guys, it's who knows, it's the hunting time or it's the barbecue time. Whatever. Everybody's different. For me, it's sitting alone and then pulling people in as I need them or they need me. And so I want to urge you to consider this seriously. I've mentioned it before in passing. I don't feel like I really covered it well. But every man needs to have an intentional control room time in his life. He needs to have that ATC, that air traffic control. He needs to have a tower, so to speak. Call it what you will, from which you look at your life. No one is going to be a success who does not do this. If I wasn't talking to men and I was just talking to business people, I would say the same thing to them. You're not going to be a business success unless you carve out this time in your day, look at the total of how you lead and what you lead, and lead better as a result of reflection. So I strongly urge, since I am talking to men and trying to help you become better men, Find it where you need to find it. And this is where individuality is great. For some guys, it's midnight after everybody goes to sleep. For other guys, it's first thing in the morning. It can be anything. There's no, there are no rules to this. But the common factor is that you sit quietly 
You consider your life in the big picture. You consider the factors of your manhood, the factors of your masculinity, the factors of your male role in the lives of those that you love and care for. You consider the field assigned to you for this season of your life. What are you made for? What are you supposed to be doing? Who are you? And are you functioning well? What can you upgrade? What can you fix? What are you satisfied with? And I, of course, as a Christian, I believe in prayer. So I would, I'm strongly urging all of you, pray over these things, list these things before God, ask him to partner with you and walk with you in those matters. That's just, I believe, what a good man does when a man knows that he's made by God to be a noble and a good and a great man. So find the control room of your life. And by the way, the younger you are, the more important this is. Young guys tend to live at breakneck speed. They tend to live way too fast. They don't live reflective lives. You crash in bed at night and just feel like things aren't undone. If you'll develop this discipline young and early in your life, then I think it'll make a massive difference. Find a control room, find a tower from which to view your life. Reflect on who you are. Think about your manly priorities. Make checklists. Make Keep it simple. Keep it in your phone. Your phone's in your pocket anyway. Just put it in the notes section of, of some app and keep it. If you want to password protect it, you can do that too. But keep it and think about it and reflect them on. I'm talking about for me, it's 10 or 15 minutes a day. It has made all the difference. And I'm ranting on about it because my big concern for you is that you will live the uh, unexamined life, which the ancients told us was not worth living. You will live a life from the crotch. You'll live a life. Now, you guys are better off, better than most men in that sense, because you're listening to this podcast. So you're not just living from your drives and your lusts and your crotch, but you, you may be living too fast to catch that change in your son's life. You may be living too fast to recognize that you've gone through a season change and that's why all pistons aren't firing in every area of your life. You may be living too fast and too unexamined to note that there's a subtle dissatisfaction that's begun to settle into you about your job. And that's actually a great sign because it's time for a raise. It's time for an increase. It's time for a change. It's time for you to move forward in your life, but you aren't going to catch it. And so you're going to be mired in disappointment and disillusionment and low performance. You see what the examined life does. It causes you to catch those vital changes in your life, those vital needs that make you the success in every area that you're meant to be. Let me say it again. Find the control room. Find that elevated tower. I know some guys who actually sit on their roofs, the roofs of their houses while they do this or the top of their apartment building. So they, they get a big, high uh, physical view that, that parallels the more spiritual view that they're looking for regarding their own souls and their own lives. The important thing is that you find it. It can be as simple as just getting to work 10 minutes early and sitting there in the parking lot and not just rushing right in. Find a quiet place Reflect on your life. Talk to God about your life. Take notes. Be the best man you can be. I'm proud of you. I know you're going to do this. And I know you're going to become the great man that you're meant to be. To join the Great Man community or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's two essential books for men. Mansfield's book of manly men and building your band of brothers as well as some other great resources for becoming a great man the great man podcast is a Mansfield group production 